Did your favorite NFL team win the Super Bowl? No? Then the NFL Draft is your Super Bowl. I'm Danny Heifetz, and from now until the draft, we are turning our fantasy football show feed into the Ringer NFL Draft Show. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we talk about the top players and most important storylines for the NFL Draft. So join us on the Ringer NFL Draft Show. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. Shoes. Who are you more excited to see wrestle in the year of our Lord 2023? Hmm. Trish Stratus? Or Jeff Hardy? <laughs> uh, God, man, I'm always going to pop for Jeff. And I'm always going to pop for Trish. I don't know. That is, a, that is a genuinely tough cold open question of the week to answer. Um, I think because I'm a terrible person, I still like watching Jeff Hardy do horrible things to himself <laughs> for my entertainment. Well, I could have gone a couple ways, yeah. It could have gone a couple ways. And um, Trish Stratus is, I'm, I'm always happy to see Trish. I, that's a that's a tough call. You're putting like, you're putting like the the amount of how much black people love Jeff Hardy into real <laughs> to the test. It's very it's, it's definitely being tested right now because I think Trish Stratus and Lita have like a pretty close sort of level of reverence as mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy does as far as like we just fucking love them. So man, my attitude era uh, thirst is being satisfied by both. I can't go wrong. That's not an answer. That? Brian, producer Brian H. Waters. I can't go wrong. <laughs> Who are you more excited to see wrestle in the year of our Lord 2023? Trish or Jeff? Easy. Trish Stratus. I'm always down for Trish Stratus. I feel like I'm morally obligated to disagree with Brian, but that's my answer too. Anyway, a lot of old old favorites coming back right now. Let's I start. Guess. Let's just start the show. What's going on, Jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WB superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening you're to You're listening to And you're listening to And you're listening to You are listening to, you are listening to The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to The Masked Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, Shoes. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I... I swear to you, when we stopped recording on Monday, I did not think I had said anything super problematic about the draft. And yet, Uh-oh. this was one of those weeks where you find out not just who your friends are, you find out which of your friends are listening to the podcast. Because <laughs> I got a whole lot of texts about how I disrespected the tribal chief mm. by not putting him as the number one pick. Listen. I understand. He is no doubt the top guy in the business. Now, if yes. you want to make an argument for CM Punk based on the sort of ephemeral pop and the whatever, like uh, I touched on that, but I'm no Roman Reigns is the top guy in the business. I'm just talking. I, I didn't say if I'm on raw or SmackDown, my whole point was like, if I'm starting a wrestling company and you can still take Roman Reigns, that's fine. But I think I would hedge towards somebody who's going to be there every week. You know, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm a little shocked. I'm a little shocked so many people came for you, and uh, nobody came for me because everybody knows Bianca Belair is easy, wow. easy, easy, squeezy peasy. But um, I, you know, more people came for me about not having Seth Rollins as the number one pick. Well, I which yeah, is I, I, was, I almost mentioned him like five times, but the conversation was so like disjointed. I didn't, yeah. and that was the one I really felt bad about because I've said him in the past. We've done drafts in the past. I have Rollins right up there at the top. Because oh, yeah. if you are starting a company, if you're using the logic that I was trying and failing to employ, I mean, Rollins can do it all. In the oh, ring, yeah. on the mic, babyface, heel, top of the card, you know, glue guy. He can do everything. Yeah. So maybe that's maybe that's his drawback though, right? Like, is he a jack of all trades and master of none? We see that over like, and over again in WWE. I mean, in yeah. wrestling in general. The, yeah. I mean, you, you. I mean, he's obviously at a different level, a different tier than Dolph Ziggler. But you know, that sort of Ziggler. Of course, of course. But that's but, the sort of that's the sort of rubric. But you see it also with Kevin Owens, you know, and and he's he's actually obviously had a run at the top of the card of late. Yeah. But I think that was if anything was holding him back over the past six years. If you want to make one cohesive <laughs> argument, it's that like he was just too good at what he was doing, right? You no, know, this is what this is why I hate drafts, and this is why I hate ranking people because like when you're saying one thing about somebody it's almost always going to be taken as a slight to everybody else right like me saying Seth Rollins is a, and Kevin Owens a jack of all trades and master of none is not a slight to them at all it is just the fact that like we know who like is the big no question main event I'm going to fill up a stadium with this guy's name mm-hmm. people and there's only like two of those people you know what I mean? So it's like it's not a slight against you. It's just you know, it's it's just how the how 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 it shakes out sometimes, right? Like, well, yeah, I know it's tough. So let's yeah. just let's make it. Let, let's do a more close to home version. If you okay. could only have one producer for the rest of your life, and your options are Brian, Kerm, or Troy. I'm just kidding. You don't have to do it. Uh, I was going to go with Troy, just so you know. Troy's Troy's the safe pick. Troy's Switzerland down here. Yeah, uh, there you go. Well, he's um, in Hawaii right now. What? He's in Hawaii right now. Well, I guess you can't pick him then. What's he going in Hawaii? That dude's listen, a vagabond. Li- listen to Friday's cheap heat. The first 10 minutes. I'll leave oh, it he li- oh, he living good. He living super good. I don't know about good, but he put himself <laughs> out there. He got all my respect. Um, <laughs> okay. So you're talking about selling out stadiums. Now, there was a lot of chatter when they announced this Wembley Stadium show in AEW that that must mean CM Punk is coming back. Hmm. Oh, I also got some text about you, Dave. Uh, wait, wait. Good, yeah, so a good friend of mine who uh, said, tell Dave Shoemaker AEW is definitely going to sell out Wembley Stadium. Really? Said, definitely, yes. Okay. <laughs> they, were, they were coming for you all week, Dave. I forgot to tell you that, by the way. I wasn't trying to do, I wasn't trying to knock AEW on the selling. I just assumed that it yeah. was not feasible but but what what do i know i mean i'm not i'm not even looking at other gates like i know how much wrestlemania supposedly sells and i know you know you know how much a basketball arena holds or whatever but like dude i i don't i was just kind of going off the vibe that i was getting i i hope they sell ninety thousand tickets i maybe that's feasible I, I i have no idea that's like asking me like like what like how many horses you can buy with two million dollars? Like right. I just have I, this is not a mathematical like corner that I feel comfortable in. I'm not trying to 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 get out there. Um, by the way, how many horses can you buy for two million dollars? That's uh, for, uh, I eight? hope everybody tweets at me to to let me know the answer <laughs> to that question. Maybe. Um, uh, so anyway, we're gonna sell. Yeah. Out this, I mean, whether or not they sell out this show, they certainly have to 
you know, it seems like they're making some moves to draw the fans in. We saw one of those last night with the surprising return of Jeff Hardy. Um, he, Kaz is doing the Jeff Hardy dance right now. <laughs> I thought there was to. a problem. Um, <laughs> which, you know, he looked great. He hit probably his best swanton in recent memory. Um, a lot of people are kind of mad of that he's back, and justifiably so. Dude's mm. got some real issues, and and hopefully he's got those in check now. But his last arrest was just like a, a freaking... Yeah, very whatever, bad. Whatever, a ball very of bad. real yeah. problematic stuff. Um so I hope everything's together. I mean, we'll just deal with what's in the ring right now. He, the Hardy Boys wrestling a match is a big deal, right? Um, I mean, it's kind of the problem, though, right? Like you, you mentioned, I don't want to gloss over like what Jeff Hardy's coming back from because I do think it's it's very serious. But it's like I know all of that, and I'm well aware of all of that. But every single time the motherfucker comes out, he's just. You, you see why he's been able to bounce back so easily. He's just literally like the most charismatic, oh, yeah. likable fucking wrestler of what, the last 30 years, 40 mm-hmm. years? Like just just as far as like you can't you can't quantify a a a a connection with fans the way like Jeff Hardy has a connection with fans, right? Like sure. He's just he's one of those people who's just been beloved for but- ever. Yeah. So it's it's hard, man. Like it's like maybe we're part of the problem a little bit. Like maybe like this whole lifestyle is, you know, there's definitely those weird questions that you ask yourself when like you're a wrestling fan. You're like, damn, man. Like these people are people at the end of the day. Like is well, my fucking fandom like a big part of like why this is happening to this person? But like at the same time, it's like oh, we're getting deep. All right. Yeah, I mean, no, dude, but you're, like, I, it's, I, I it's fucking legit. love Jeff Hardy, bro. I've, I'm like, I grew up on this motherfucker. Like, I he is he is one of the dudes that well, made me a super fan of wrestling. Right? I just did just yesterday. I recorded. I don't. I, I hope this isn't top secret info. I recorded a director's commentary for this documentary, "Fake It So Real," that I've talked about a number of times. But it's like my favorite wrestling documentary. I'm now buddies with the director. Like, he's a huge mark. But it's yeah. about small time wrestling. I mean, it's about indie wrestling in small town North Carolina. I mean, it's okay. like there are, if by from watching the doc, you got you get the impression that there's like, you know, eight friends of various ages and demographics that just kind of get together and put on a show twice a month. You know, I mean, it's very. I mean, they have other guys that come in and it's a little bit bigger, but it's like, you know, they run the first and third Saturday of every month, or second and fourth Saturday of every month, and they and it's you know, there's five matches on the card. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it's it's a pretty small operation. Um, and we were talking, doing the director's commentary about what's happened to some of the folks since and, and what have they gotten up to. And and we got into a lot of that. Like, he was just like, as a director, like, what do I owe these people? You know, and like, how and how how much am I going to let what has happened to them since this become, like, negatively affect their life? How, how am I going to let that affect me? Um, it's tough, man. I mean, it's you, you being a fan, you do have to deal with a lot of that stuff. And and And, you know. Thankfully, that's not every old legend coming back. You know, we had Trish is out there turning heel. I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe something, maybe our fandom is, has, has forced her onto the dark side in some weird way <laughs> or lack right. of attention. Um, but I know, I mean, but, but just to take it, I mean, it, just to, just to, in terms of what it means for the product, um, first of all, in kayfabe, did Matt know Jeff was there in kayfabe? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Brian, do you have an opinion on this? 
This is the least important thing in the entire thing. But they, the hug was a little bit like, yeah, like it wasn't like, oh my God, I haven't seen you in two years or Mm -hmm. whatever. Anyway, it was a weird story. It was a kind of unclear what the contractual terms that Matt Hardy was uh, alleging or fighting over were. But the important thing is that we get the Hardy boys back. Um, and that'll be a big draw for them, right? I mean, we got a, a bunch of the stuff is falling into place. We got the Hardy Boys back. We got Bullet Club Gold, which is, I believe, the premium tier of Bullet Club that you got to pay an extra four ninety nine a month to access. Um, Apparently, and, you get to have full conversations with them too, and they send you nice messages. For <laughs> the, yes, exactly, and uh, and. But that's that's big, man. I mean, don't let that fly under the radar. They get to say the Bullet Clubs in Wimley Stadium. You know, I mean, that's a that that'll be a big deal. Um, and it's just wrestling in in the UK too. Like I think just in general, like it, it's gonna it's gonna be a big draw regardless, right? Like I, even as constituted, it, pro wrestling in the United Kingdom is always a, a massive draw. They don't get as much as you know yeah. they'd like. So and there's definitely a there's definitely a call in your shot aspect of this whole thing too right it's yeah. just like we're gonna go out and have a show in Wembley Stadium you're gonna regardless if it's 90,000 or 40,000 it's got it's a whole lot more people than than if you had just said we're gonna go have a regular show there right, right? You, right. it's making it it's like saying we're gonna have an enormous show and we're shooting for all that makes it really big and calling it all in calling it all oh, in yeah, gives it big. the gives it the the thought of this is the risk that we're taking, but we're, you know, pushing all our chips to the table. You we know? talked a little bit about the the Drew McIntyre rumors. Who knows? There's no more fuel on that fire as far as I know this week. As long as we're stirring stuff up with drafts. If you're Tony Khan and you can swipe one WWE star and you can pick Roman Reigns or Drew McIntyre or Trish Stratus, who do you take? Just for the purpose of selling tickets at Wembley. Just for the purpose of selling tickets? I mean, shoot. I'd probably take Gunther. If I could. Oh, if I could, That's you know, an uh, one. but I think Drew is probably like your biggest best bet at this point. Um, I don't know. Again, just like you, I have no inside information. I don't know where the 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 groups uh, stand as far as uh, contract negotiations are concerned. But you got to believe that you know uh, what was it? It's a September. All in is in September. Mm-hmm. That's a good enough. That's that's give or take more than ninety days between April and you know the fall. Uh, yeah, like break the bank for Drew McIntyre, for Drew Galloway, if you can, like it, it makes all the sense in the world. Um, but if I could pick anybody, it would definitely be Gunther. 1000%. Yeah. Yeah, that would be good. That would be good. I'll tell you this, the, or can I just get all of, 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 uh, of, uh, Mustache Imperium? Mountain? Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, well, you're all of Mustache Mountain. Trent Seven has worked AEW before, so I yes. assume it would not shock me, I guess, if he popped up over there. I mean, it's yeah. really, I just don't have any frame of reference. I, I don't, I, what's interesting is how far they feel like, you know, AEW feels like they need to push it just in terms of getting the turnout, right? right. Big names for turnout. Now, CM Punk would do that. The, CM Punk is, as you said to me before we started recording, now trending on Twitter every day. The, the, the dirt sheet dish of the moment is that <laughs> He has approached AEW and said he wants to come back, um, and is showed is willing to work with Omega and the Elite and everything else. It, it's really this is a weird one. This is just a, tr- a truly weird one. I just don't know. Like we're all being fed a bunch of lies, right? You right. and I both. You know, I said we both talked to people close to Punk when we were in LA, right? And I'm 
I am positive that I was being fed a bunch of lies in those conversations. Not that the people were necessarily lying to me, but like, you know, punks kind of play being cagey. And by the time the word gets back to us, it's a little bit, you know, it's, it's kind of being planted to some extent. Of course. Of course. It it all seems very deliberate at this point, right? Like it just kind of feels like, you know, it's, it's a little bit of, I don't want to use the word politicking, but. Oh, you think it's politicking? I mean, I don't think it's like, listen. I know you don't want to use that word, but whatever word you want to use. Whatever word you want to use for getting what you want or or doing or planting or maneuvering in certain ways to have either public persona or the bottom line affected. Whether you call that politicking, whatever. But why wouldn't he want to come back? Right, like if I'm if I'm not mistaken, he was also recovering from an injury, right? And he still got contract to 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 you know fulfill. As far as I'm concerned, they haven't really taken him off of. And like if you watch AW Dynamite or Rampage on YouTube TV, he's still very much on the graphics. He's still very much advertised on every show, in one way or the other. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think that. To me, it's not really even politics. Well, maybe a public show of politics. There's some way you could define it as that. But I, my feeling as of this moment mm-hmm. is that the entire kerfluffle that preceded WrestleMania, the last whole round of things of Punk putting airing his grievances yep. to the world on Instagram and everything else, I think we're going to look back and say everything from that moment forward was a work. Oh, yeah. I agree. I, I think even from, I think even further from that, I think there was an episode of Being the Elite, if I remember correctly, where uh, right when the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega returned, he said, oh, you know, we were we were unsure of a certain situation, but now we finally got some clarity on it. And like shortly after that, we started to see a little bit more of, of hearing from either from FTR or from other back channels that like yeah, hey, FTR, you know, by the way, just said on, on apparently on the rampage shaping that they just signed four year deals with AEW and they will retire at the end. Oh, good for them. So I mean, they should that. So presumably that whole online negotiation situation is at an end. And I think we're all under the impression that there is some con- enough of a connection between those guys and CM Punk that there would be a connection in terms of the contract stuff. But who knows? Because also. Their contracts were being negotiated at a time when it sure looks like WWE had a hiring freeze. Yeah. According to our own Lion Eyes, but as well as Chris Jericho, you know, Jay White was served up to WWE in a silver platter. They obviously were interested and then just nothing. And then they didn't get him. There's a couple other instances, too, of guys who have re-signed recently. And it seems like that's probably why. I mean, you know... WWE is not exactly open Cage. for business. I think Brian, Brian Cage, Cage is the other side. big one, right? Yeah, yeah. Brian Cage who was like openly politicking for an NXT match or, or no for a WrestleMania match, right? Uh, over WrestleMania With weekend, Lashley? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. So uh, th- that's what it kind of seems like. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience—the formula for winning championships—is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, 
you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Do you like Brian Cage as part of the... What's it called now? The some the 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 mogul embassy the mogul embassy affiliates the mogul embassy. I think they got rid of affiliates. It was still on the Titan Tron or they're on the graphics package, okay. but they were saying mogul em- the mogul embassy, which I don't mind. I guess although I hate when they smash names together. Um, but this that one kind of sounds okay. I like the image of him walking out of Swerve walking out with Cage and Nana. I don't know what happened to to Parker and. Crutch or whatever the guy's name was, if they're a part of this, <laughs> is that or, the, name? or the rest of the what is it? It's something like that. Crutch or the rest know. of the embassy. Um, I think to, I I, I kind of like this pairing. I like this grouping. I think that my hang up is that in AEW, it's like everybody's got to have four friends, and <laughs> and you and it's like you go solo. It's like whatever. Like Swerve and Keith Lee broke up, but it's like now I got to find my new friends and yeah. you know whatever. It it just seems like I don't know. It, it doesn't really. I don't know. Uh, well, whatever. Um, but that's not. I guess to me, that's I don't care so much. It's just not like compelling story. You know, we used to. I used to watch with my buddy Brian all the time, and his biggest hang up was just like when they would in WWE they would pull this thing where it's like, well, this dude's not over, so let's give him a friend who's also not over, <laughs> right? And it's just like, wait, is this really going to help anything? Right. Um, but AEW has a lot of talent. They got to get them on TV. It's nice. I think they're doing a good with a good amount of crossover between Ring of Honor and the AEW product or whatever at this point. I think they they kind of found a balance pretty quickly and. I really enjoyed Dynamite last night. It got some mixed reviews, judging by the message board nonsense that I was reading. But um, I really liked Orange Cassidy, Buddy Murphy, uh, or Buddy Matthews, sorry. And that, but my only hangup is that I didn't actually believe that Darby was going to win. I mean, that I mean that Buddy was going to win at any point. I keep getting these names mixed up. Darby versus Swerve was freaking incredible. Yeah, I mean, what a match that was. That was a great match. I don't always love Darby as like a. You know, baby face in peril. I don't. I don't. That's. It, I mean, I enjoy him a great deal, but it, but that's not exactly like my shit. Just to see him getting pounded and you know doing some stuff. But I really enjoyed that match. I mean, I that was peak Darby Allen as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, man, great show for Swerve too, man. Like he, uh, I mean, I like the look that he's going for. I mean, the whole mogul embassy thing. I mean, I think <clears throat> the affiliates thing. Or I guess the, the 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 evolution of what it was is, I don't think the two guys that he's he had with him are necessarily like TV ready, right? Like well, I mean, they clearly aren't. I mean, well, I mean, they're TV ready for what they were doing. I guess, yeah, for but what they were doing. But like, they need guys that can actually work. And you know, yeah. Brian Cage is a veteran. You know what I mean? So and and not as a vet. So it makes sense to me uh, to kind of try and reshuffle the decks over there because I you can tell they believe a lot in Swerve, right? Like they got them three mm-hmm. segments. They had they had a long ass TV match. He had a um uh a backstage interview and then he was involved in the main event finish. Yep. So it's like, okay, there's they're putting a lot of swerve a lot of stock into what Swerve is doing for the next um couple of months. So um whether it's with the Keith Lee of it all or being involved with Chris Jericho or just any of those type of things, just seeing him in the main event sort of picture despite losing a really good match you know what i mean um says a lot about how they think of him so far Mm -hmm. you know i mean i don't know if he's i don't know where you rank like heels in the company but like he's got to be in the in in the 
three or four at the least. You know, yeah. I mean, behind MJF, Jericho, and um, I guess the Blackpool Combat Club now, right? So, um, yeah, it was even though even though Darby won, and you know, I love the uh, the the back and forth between Darby and MJF afterwards, and Sting coming out and shooting a little bit, and that was really cool. I'm trying to see what's going with that Sting bomber jacket because, like, part of the that problem. Sting I, I think fire. that the, the the number one. Oh, I love that bomber jacket. I thought about you the moment I saw it. I was yes. just like, Kaz would cop that. 100. percent cop that. <laughs> There's a lot of new merch on the AEW shop that I was looking at, and I was I was gonna pitch like a whole like copper nah segment here, but like I don't. <laughs> there's nothing there that I really care about that I mean yeah. that I would like eagerly wear. So yeah, whatever. But that thing um, jacket's gotta that's gotta be a one on one. There's no way. There's part no of the problem. I mean, that. I I think that one of the things are going to be storyline wise. I mean, listen, AEW can always give go out and give you matches, and like I said, I love that. I love that Orange Cassidy match so much, knowing full well that he like, there's no way he was going to lose. Right. Um, mostly because of Buddy's station on his own team. He walks out with with a, he's a trios champ, but he's like the tree of the trios, right? He's the number three, you know. And I just don't. I that would have been hard to fathom. Right. Um. But. But. I, one of the th- so great matches easy and they're, and you're gonna love them whatever but but booking wise one of the sort of prickly things that they're rubbing up against is that they're trying to book three guys into the main event if four if you count MJF and we want to see these guys wrestle you got to keep them at the front of our mind and yet you they can't really lose right because none of them are like world beaters none of them are like John Cena's who are just gonna demand a title shot and get it right, right. um. So yeah, that that'll be interesting to watch. I I will say I'm much more invested in this pillars thing than I expected to be. Yeah, because it feels like every week they tell a different story of each pillar, right? Like you get mm-hmm. everybody's every week you get someone's origin story and why they hate MJF and why they need the world title. And um, you know, I think the good thing is they they I enjoy how much truth they try to dive into or is try to s- sprinkle into each yeah. sort of segment with You're each doing other. A good job. So you kind of yeah. So I mean, like my whole thing is like. The one thing I complain about, and a lot of people complain about the most about AEW is that they just don't do they they their storytelling isn't as in depth except for like one or two storylines. And it almost always usually involves MJF, right? So yeah. if there's anything MJF is is good at, well, I mean he's good at many things. But if there's anything he's great at, it is telling story. And I guess being able to get everybody from Starks. Guevara, well, so far it was not Starks, uh, Jungle Boy, Darby Allen, and I guess next week we're gonna get the Sammy Guevara story, right? Like, well, he got it last week. I mean, he got he had some good mic time last week, but yeah, I guess he might be next up. He also yeah. got a really speaking of shirts, he got a really weird shirt where he's like a kid Sammy is looking in the mirror and seeing an adult Sammy, but it's super cartoony. Um, not exactly sure what they're doing with that one, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, he's the toughest nut to crack because he's got so much baggage. Uh, you know, as sort he's of a almost, personality, he's and, almost has got as much baggage as MJF. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So yeah, for sure, uh, it's it's gonna be interesting. Like, um, I enjoy MJF's work so much because he makes me feel like I'm watching a cohesive television show. Mm-hmm. Right? He there's there's layers to him, and he and the great thing about it is he brings layers out of other people. So the most interested I've ever been in Wardlow was with MJF. The best Sheesh. CM Punk, uh, the best CM Punk rivalry was with MJF. I mean, even given everything that happened 
with Moxley and how that whole thing sort of wrapped up. I think the stuff that they did with Brian was very, very good. So, the, but the the benefit of all these guys that he worked with was that you had so much to pull from, right? Yeah. Like, you know, all these guys have 10, 20, some cases, 30-year careers where it's easy for MJF as a lifelong student of the game, super fan that turned world champion to pick somebody apart all day long. Mm-hmm. Doing that with these younger guys is a little bit more difficult. So I'm I'm appreciating what they're trying to do and getting people to understand why Darby has a case, why Jungle Boy has a case, yeah, and why Sammy has his case. And I think they look. I mean, it seems like I'm guessing this is going to all in, right? Is this gonna are they are we gonna follow this all the way to Wembley? You think, or you think we're gonna do something different? I think. I mean, uh, I mean, what is all out before all in? I, I feel like I feel like all out's in what June or July. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could. Be, I guess it could just be, you know, there and done. And yeah. but, but it does feel you like gotta save, you got to save MJF for Goldberg. Clearly, for Wembley. <laughs> well, speaking of Goldberg, I, I really don't have any Goldberg news or whatever. But like, ah, oh, don't hype me up. What is speaking what the of, speaking of what Goldberg, he's right here with me right now. <laughs> no, well, we had Wardlow who came out to not much of a reaction from the crowd, but kind of tried to do the Goldberg. I mean, there's a lot of Goldberg parallels with him, and he decided to mess up a car. I think everybody at once on Twitter was like, you know, don't punch the window. It's, you know, it was, but <laughs> it was funny between that, and it wasn't even just the Jeff Hardy, you know, like whatever, like the throwback stuff. Um, between, I mean, it's it does seem like that AEW is like, like deliberately references like specific points in wrestling history to get, to sort of evoke something, and I sort of love it, but you know, also like, um, like Luchasaurus just is Kane now. Like, there's just like no question about it. Like, he's wearing red. He's tipping his, tilting his head, and and whatever. I mean, it's, I it was that was my that was what got me going to the thing. I was just like, oh, it's so cool. They just made him Kane. I was like, wait, can you? Is it too soon just to make somebody Kane? I mean, no, I guess not. I mean, it's a really cool. I mean, it's I don't know. Even Kane wasn't always Kane. He was a dentist for a little bit. He was true. He was Diesel for a little bit. He had to find himself. So you know, Dude. I think it's I think it's how a much perfectly are, logical sort of pathway. Waters, how much of the Kane interview? I don't know if all the stuff that we got from him got in that episode of the Book of Wrestling, but what a the strangest thing about that interview, and he was incredibly open and thoughtful about a lot of it. But when it came to like like all the gimmick changes he was he was just so like sort of blissed out it was just like now nah, i got a job and i thought it was probably the best job i was ever gonna have I was like well then what happened when they told you it was over and they're like well i was like okay and then they called me next week and they had a new idea and so mm-hmm. i said okay you know <laughs> it was just very it was like so it was such a funny thing it's so funny to talk to him and this is all all of his own all of his ridiculous politics aside <laughs> All those dudes in that era were like themselves with the volume turned up to 11, like Stone Cold always says. And Kane was just like, no, Kane was, Kane might be like the weirdest like savant actor of the whole thing because he just turned into a demon. And he's certainly, well, I guess your mileage may vary on whatever I'm about wow. to say after that. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, we're going, we're going for it today. <laughs> uh, I thought, but overall, I thought AEW is really good. I thought yeah. I think I really, really good show. appreciate I appreciate our, our friend Keith Lee for growing the beard in. I think the weird yes. the, the with the gray hair, the beard is really key. Um, I, I don't know. I think he looks pretty cool, and I you know I, I love what they have what they're going on with him and Jericho and Adam Cole. This is stuff I'm interested in. Like this is like uh like the it's there's a there wasn't a lot of like 
there wasn't a, like so much to hang your hat on outside of those two two matches, but they're kind of poking in directions that make me just sort of be like, okay, okay, now I like I'm I'm very intrigued. Um, the Blackpool Combat Club uh, is looking more heelish than ever. Um, I think Sean Sapp pointed out that Michael Nakazawa has now has three dynamite matches against John Moxley under his belt, <laughs> which is just sort of implausible to think about. Um, but yeah, overall, really, really cool. Oh, and by the way, Silas Young, one of my all-time favorite, like that guys in pro wrestling, loved his Ring of Honor work. Um, and all-time great facial hair, by the way. Just oh, elite, dude. elite in the pantheon of great wrestling facial hair. He's Silas Young is definitely top. Yeah, ten. He just looks. <laughs> he looks like a wrestler. Mm, you know, a wrestler. he like, dude. Mm. You can, or, uh, put, you can drop that dude into any era of wrestling and he fits right in. <laughs> or like a stuntman slash actor, you know, the sort of guy that would have been like it had like two lines in Roadhouse, you know, or something, <laughs> you know, back back in the back in the eighties, early nineties, or even seventies. He could have been Sil- like Smokey and the Bandit. I mean Silas Young is it leads the group of guys you walk into like an old Western bar with and they're like, We don't take kindly to your folks around oh, yeah. here. <laughs> oh, and, absolutely. It's only, and it has nothing to do with race. It's just because like you're from the other side of the tracks or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like we don't take kindly. Thanks for throwing that in. <laughs> yeah. I had to be clear. I had to be clear. Silas Young is my guy. But yeah, no, he definitely he definitely starts a barroom brawl with that with that facial hair. Um I don't, I want to talk a little bit. Well, we 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 already we already teased Trish, but before we get to to Raw, I want to get into the most controversial subject topic of the week. We might have should have opened the show with this. Okay. The Tiffany Stratton versus Saul Ruckett discourse. Mm. How are you doing there? Mm. How are you doing with that one? Let me tell you something. It took us a long time. You want to talk about real equality in the, in in pro wrestling? Mm-hmm. We finally have a moment that has ruined wrestling just as much as Ricochet and Will Ospreay <laughs> did several You're years ago. You're being sarcastic, right? No, I loved it. Um, first off, I, I got to I got to meet Sh- Tiffany Stratton at the uh, what you call it at the um, where was it the uh, the little mi- mixer that we were at before WrestleMania Sunday? Well, like all the yeah the reception before the show, yeah. Uh, Good friends with Mia Yim. Mia Yim introduced us, and like I was like, "Oh man, like I'm I'm a big fan of your work. Like you're like best moonsault ever. Great." Mm-hmm. And um, you know, uh, Sol Ruka, who I I haven't met, but like I've watched a ton of her stuff on on social media. I have I don't really catch a lot of level up, but like she's been killing over there, and she has one of the most unique finishing moves I want to say out there right sure. now. So, uh, seeing those two kind of get their you know, Jerry Lynn of Rob Van Dam slash Ricochet Osprey slash, you know, oh my gosh, they're evenly met sort of thing there. Um, I personally liked it. I know that there's going to be certain folks that are going to feel certain well, ways okay. about they're it. Not, just like, oh God, this is not, these guys. They're are, not Ricochet and Osprey. They're not. There, right? I mean, they're pretty close. They're pretty, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're not. Ricochet and Osprey aren't Ricochet and Osprey. I mean, whatever. Like the, the if those two guys met now, it'd be a much different match than Listen, you know, when they went viral. Shit. You're, you're, you're barking up the wrong tree if you're going to have me like try and say something bad about flippy shit. I am a, as much as, as much as I'm, I've no, become known as a big meaty man bumping meat connoisseur, like flippy shit 
is like forever. But there's my fucking flippy dad. shit, and then there's flippy shit. There's flippy uh, shit, and then there's like flippity doodah, which is like a whole <laughs> different thing. You got to listen. I'll, I I hear you. I hear you. Uh, but you know. I, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I didn't hate it. Like people, like I was surprised. I was surprised at how many people like took offense to it. I was like, really? Like this? This was this was this was the, the straw that broke the camel's back on the internet wrestling community. Like this this random throwaway NXT match. Um, nah, uh, I, I love flipping. No, shit, I thought bro. it was great. I thought it was great. I thought that it was. Yeah. I think to me it was I'm like the discourse was so unnecessary because it just didn't like it was a really good match. It was really cool to see him do it, but like I think in general I'm just like if it's on NXT it doesn't need a dissertation. But maybe maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I mean I, I understand Listen, what, man, I understand gonna... the points that everybody was trying to make about it. Whether you know I do I do think that the thing with the flippy shit the fl- well uh, to an extreme the flippity doodah is that <laughs> it is there are some people the Jim Cornettes of the world, but others too, who will look at it and just be like, well, that's the opposite of pro wrestling. That is like, it. it's so, it's so performance-based, mm. performative. That's where I got to disagree. That is, that it's, it's, no, 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 I, I disagree too. I totally yeah. disagree. I mean, I think that it's the same. Listen, there's a lot, I mean, you can, wrestling can be distilled down to like very, into very narrow categories, right? Mm-hmm. Some of the greatest wrestlers, we talked about Goldberg, you know, guys like him and the Ultimate Warrior. It was like, this was, this is a look and an entrance, right? Yes. And, it, and like one big move. Is that wrestling? You know, I mean, I made the case years ago that like, man, if you can say that somebody who's got a five-star work rate and is in, unable to put it, you know, to say a sentence out loud on a microphone, if that guy can be the best wrestler in the world, well, then why can't Paul Heyman be the best wrestler in the world? Because he's the best promo and can't bump, right? I mean, it's but like mm. it's it, there, there's a lot of different ways that you can parse it out. I thought it was fun, man. I thought it was really fun to see those to see them go at it and just to say like, wow, this this even if you're not there 100 percent on it right now, it's like, dude, this is this they're going to redo this in a couple years and it's going to yeah. be fucking bonkers. That's 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 the thought I got. I'm like, this is at the end of the day, NXT. 2.0 NXT level up. This is these are people learning to wrestle on on the fly on live TV. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, despite what you, many people may thought about it, these two damn near rookies created a buzz on NXT. Mm-hmm. So the next time they're gonna lock up, they're gonna try more shit. They're gonna do more different shit. And you know, Sean's gonna let them cook, right? Like there's gonna be there's gonna be something there, and that that women's division is still being like sort of reshuffled and 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 refocused and you got to do something to stand out man like not everybody could be you know Bianca Belair not everybody could be you know Charlotte Flair not anybody could be you know Roxanne Perez like you got to do something to stand out in NXT 2.0 i think the first i think what we got in um this first run of the new NXT i think it's it's been pretty clear okay Melo and Braun these are these are going to be the guys that come right like mm-hmm. Do we really have that for the women's division yet? No. I mean, Roxanne Perez has been great. I'll, I'm a big Cora Jade Roxanne, fan. Roxanne is there. Um, I think Cora Jade has a, a, a lot of potential mm-hmm. as well. But I mean, So Ruka, she's 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 been you know on a million Instagram reels. I don't follow the person, but I see <laughs> I see that finish move all the time. I mean, I see Tiffany Stratton's best moonsault ever all the time. You know what I mean? And like mm-hmm. they're clean as fuck. So. I think it's going to be good. I think uh, I think the next time they lock up, we're all going to be watching, and I think they're going to step it up even more. Uh, that I don't think they're going to 
just suddenly think, you know what? We should throw some wrist locks in here. We should throw some hammer locks and some, uh, yeah. you know, no, well, they're gonna they're gonna take it to the next level. It's gonna yeah, be hella fun. I agree. I, I think that it's, um, you know, I mean, obviously, when you talk about talk about Carmelo Hayes, this guy's got a he got he had a half decade more of experience before he got WWE. You know, and and there's, I don't think. I mean, Cora Jade wrestled before, obviously Roxanne did, but. The two women that we're talking about, I think Stratton and Sol Rucka, I think they're just performance center creations. So, I mean, there's there's a totally different learning curve and also a lot younger in some cases. And um, I mean, I think that you name, I think we all we're naming the right people in terms of who the next generation of, of, of female wrestling stars is going to be coming out of NXT. Um, but it's, you know, it's it it is a, it's a different product than we're used to seeing, you know, and it's it'll it's it's I think it's exciting to watch matches like that to kind of be like, oh shit, they can do that. Not just in terms of what they can do in the ring. It's like yeah. they can they meaning NXT can put that out there. They can put that match together and get everybody talking. I mean, they knew what they were doing. They know what they were doing. That's a lot of flippy flippity doodah talent in that <laughs> ring. Um, so let's talk about Raw. It's the first um. Uh, Raw back from the one week Vince McMahon era of Monday Night Raw. Mm. Um, Got the shots out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, it seemed like the for SmackDown and Raw, they were announcing a bunch of stuff, you know, just to like say, hey, listen, we announced it. You can't change it now or whatever. But like, the, uh, Raw turned out to be this huge problem because a lot of people's flights got canceled and they were really shorthanded. Poor Finn Balor's out there with like, still with like a 15 staples in his head and like a, at a, torn leg muscle or whatever calf muscle and he's putting on he's like opening the show with Rey Mysterio um it, it was you could tell they were a little bit shorthanded yeah but we got the you know the, the 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 draft is on the way but we did get some cool stuff uh Lashley and Bronson Reed are now just like two meaty men bumping meat till the end of time um EO Sky is your number one contender for um, the Raw Women's Championship, which is just freaking crazy good. I, I she is conceivable. When I was watching with Brian at WrestleMania, and if you listen to my podcast with him on this feed, you'll know he's he's the lapsed fan in my life. Uh, and so I was kind of giving the readouts when and when they when they were out there, I was just like that. Io Sky is probably the best wrestler in the world. Like so, just watch everything that she does. I cannot. It's she ha- This is this is where she should be, and I'm very excited that they're going that way. Um, what do you are, you, are you excited for Bianca Belair, EOS guy? Oh, 1000%. Like if, if you debut at SummerSlam and the night after WrestleMania or the week after WrestleMania, you're not in a main event title picture, then, you know, they probably don't believe in you. So I think this is the, this was the, the telltale sign that like, okay, it's time to evolve damage control. We're not necessarily going to break them up yet, but now it's time to really, let the world see just how good EO Sky is. I mean, she had some classics in NXT, like especially during the pandemic era. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we talked about, I mean, we we've gone back and forth about pandemic MVPs, which it was like, which whether it was Drew McIntyre or Sasha and Bailey and all these people, like EO Sky could have got some vote. Like if there was a, a press vote, like EO Sky would have definitely got some votes as a pandemic uh MVP. In NXT because she kept that women's division popping, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, that down in black and gold. So, um, 
it's it's crazy, man. Like I almost think were they in the same class? Uh, in 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 uh, in uh, NXT, I, feel I don't like know, Brian. Look it up. I I have, I have no idea. It would have been around the same time, but obviously, like the but obviously, time. Io Shirai had a long career before she popped, before she turned up in WWE. I, I remember when Rhea, when we had Rhea on the show on on WrestleMania weekend, she was talking about just how you know that class of NXT women were like probably the best that they ever had, and I think it was Shayna, Rhea, Bianca, Io. Um, uh, Dakota, you know what I mean? All those people. So now, you know what I mean? Like, even though, you know, I think people still really want to see Bianca Rhea down the line. Now we're starting to get some of those crazy peak NXT women main event sort of storyline. So I'm excited to see where they take this and how Bailey fits into this because she didn't look too happy. Uh, that EO one and she didn't look too well, happy still there. to the ring either. Yeah. And she, she's still she's, there. So she's still there. That's what's really important. Um, go. solo over Kevin Owens, man. Now this is the this is going to turn the Solo Sokoa show. We're gonna we're gonna have to table him, table Solo Sokoa discussion for a week because yeah. I do want to talk about this Trish Stratus heel turn. Let's talk about it. So Lita wasn't there. Trish took her place. I don't know if this was the plan for tonight or if they had to kind of shotgun it because they were missing other content and they were going to let this you know play out a little bit longer but it if this was if this wasn't the plan it couldn't have been told any better if it was it was it was you know i mean obviously it could have been told better but like it was a perfect setup you know they she needed a partner there was a partner at the end she turned seal this is wrestling 101 you know the hits they played the hits it was like as soon as we saw lita hurting and it's like oh i'll step in for you who hurt lita i'm like Mm -hmm. (laughs) have we like this is a perfect time. This is this is the perfect use of Kevin Owens, by the way, right? Kevin Owens seems to be like the only person who, like, when a moment like this happens, he just comes out of nowhere. He's like, "You don't, you don't see that she's gonna turn on you, Becky? Like, <laughs> like you don't see this coming? Just yeah. a little bit. Like, you guys better win this match because, like, she's probably gonna beat you up if you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's exactly what happened. So, I mean, I thought it was a little telegraphed. <laughs> Well, they'd initially talked about that about this match, or the original rumor was point was 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 SummerSlam, but it does seem like we're going to get this way before SummerSlam, right? I mean, this has got to be imminent. Juan, San Juan, or Saudi Arabia, (laughs) probably. Yeah, this feels like a Saudi Arabia show, but who knows? Maybe it is a San Juan show. Um, still got some time. Still got some some time to get to May. I think we'll be there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. I mean, it was very telegraphed. But I mean, for the most part, it's good that we have a new big bad in the women's division, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the bad guys and girls haven't necessarily been the strongest. I mean, Ronda and Shane are there, but they're just kind of like doing their own thing elsewhere. Uh, Bailey and Damage Control haven't really won enough big matches to be kind of taken as like serious threats like that. And uh, Rhea Ripley is just kind of like the overlord of the SmackDown Women's Division. So I think Raw needed that shot in the arm, especially with uh, Becky Lynch not necessarily being in the title picture at this moment. So I think that's the best use of Trish. And um, who knows? Maybe it's maybe it's one of many matches. Maybe it concludes at SummerSlam and it starts here. You know what I'm saying? So Sure. Uh, it feels like it doesn't. If I was reading the tea leaves, it doesn't seem like we're getting a, a one shot deal out of Trish. Like I think we're going to get a nice run of a couple of matches with her and Becky Lynch, and maybe some other woman in the division. Um, you know, before uh, before the end of the year. What else we need to talk about here? We just ran through the entire pro wrestling world. I feel like 
Yeah. Like, let me look. Let me see the notes that Ryan threw in the in the dark. Oh, Dax Harwood says AEW could sell fifty thousand tickets if they do CM Punk and FTR versus the Elite. He says fifty. Why don't you get mad at Dax? Why is everybody getting mad at me? Is that what he said? <laughs> why say know. that though? <laughs> like, if that's a match you really want to do, like, why would you just like pitch it? <laughs> like, that doesn't. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's gonna be. I think they're gonna sell. I think they're gonna sell more uh, about. Uh, do do we do we want to take a number? Should we like take a stand right now and be like, I'm good. You want me to just make up a number? I mean, I don't know. This is, I don't know how many people are gonna go. I think I think they do sixty thousand. I think fifty fifty to sixty thousand they do. That's my I, over under. Are we do? Are we playing by um? Are we playing by uh, uh family feud rules where I I could. <laughs> Get without name it as close without going over. That's not a family feud. That's that's um, that's the price, price is, right. is right. Oh, the price is right. Yeah, you, knew, <laughs> you know what I meant. <laughs> so by price, family right. feud doesn't really have any rules. You just got to say a thing and, and pick a dollar. Steve Harvey looks at you funny, and that's that's the whole game. <laughs> well, um, um, well, yeah. the capacity is ninety thousand. Okay. Well, and presumably more for pro wrestling, right? Or is that where pro wrestling numbers factored in? But anyway, um, Google. So yeah. I think so. I, I ninety thousand. I mean, listen. You you would expect them to to. I don't know how many. I, f- I forgot how many they said was it were at WrestleMania this year. Was it eighty and eighty or yeah. somewhere, somewhere in that in that range? Eighty one. But they had the a, second they, night. They obviously had more seats on the on the field than would be at a football game because where there would be no seats on the field. But they mm-hmm. but they blocked off a you know they block off a pretty healthy portion of the seats with the entrance ramp and everything. Yeah. So. Maybe maybe it balances out. I don't know, but it, but regardless, it wouldn't be like weird if AEW, you know, just sort of, you know, work if, if AEW. Let's say even if there was like an endless number of people that wanted to get in, it w- it wouldn't be shocking if AEW had a, built a set that that set the, that meant the capacity capped at like seventy five k or something oh, like yeah. that, right? Oh yeah. I mean, because you've got you a lot of seats disappear in the in in the sort of building process. Um, but you think sixty, huh? I think six. I'm. I'm go. I'm gonna tap out at sixty k, sixty two k. I'm gonna number. say. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say that they're gonna sell six thousand tickets. I'm just kidding. I'm trying to make people match. Uh, I have no idea. Whatever number I said would be made up right now. I think that. Right. I think that. Um, all I'm doing is just like looking at numbers and saying, does it seem like that number or a different number? I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. I'll, I'll say they're gonna sell it out. Whatever the capacity is, I'm gonna go take the over on your take 60K. A ninety thousand. No, I just Let's take the go. over versus you. But okay. I'll take I'll say <laughs> I'll say sixty thousand and one. That's the price is right right there. I'll add one dollar yeah. to your bet. Price is right, hosted by WWE Hall of Famer. If I w- if I was rich, I would have a plinko board in my house. I could probably have Thanks. that without being rich, but I would. You don't kill gotta be for rich. I, yeah, I'm about to say like I don't think you gotta be rich to get a plinko nah, board. But part like, of the deal is that you need like you need to buy it from the Price Is Right, uh, right, yeah. or from a collector of some sort. I don't want to just make a. I don't want to go out to the hardware store and get some plywood or whatever and paint it pink. <laughs> like I, you gotta have. I want like it's be the, the, the plinko, but see, authentic athletic apparel. That's of perfect. Price mm-hmm. is right. You get your kids to choose which chores they do. They got to stand at the top and oh, <laughs> but the chores are there instead of the dollar figures. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> now you're cooking. Now you're cooking. That's a smart idea. I don't know. I might have done. What was it? The one? The uh, 
The one with the races with like the cars sort of like <laughs> go and you got to stop the oh, yeah. prize point. I hate those games. It's oh, the man. agony of watching that with a mountain climber one to see if I he just, like falls just, off the edge. I, I kind of just want that big ass wheel, yo. Yeah. That big yes. ass wheel is just fire. <laughs> like it's got such a elite sound. You know what I mean? It'll, it'll, I would like, I would trade in like the price is right wheel for like a Christmas tree. I'm like, we're just going to have this. <laughs> well, the crazy thing about it is that, I mean, what, what makes the this wheel really... going to light up the house, so we're going to put it near the fireplace. <laughs> what makes the wheel really cool is that it seems like it's really hard to do, right? Yeah, like every like people, people frequently have trouble getting it around one time. Like, you really got to go. Like, how heavy do you make that wheel, though? Like, why would you not make it, like, easy to spin? Like, wouldn't it be more aesthetically pleasing to, like, have it spin like a bicycle wheel and not like a fucking... I don't know, like a, no, like you got to work like for it. You got to like work for it, man. You got to that. Or mm-hmm. like, that thing's got to be at least like a like three hundred pounds, easy. Oh yeah, it's That's probably like, the same wheel they've had for a million years, or they rebuilt the, it the same way when they rebuilt it, or whatever. You I've know, seen it's people tradition. take like running starts to like spin that wheel and it move like a half a mile <laughs> an hour. <laughs> but goddamn, that shit is heavy. <laughs> um. <laughs> all right, so we got to get out of here. Let's roll. What else do we want to talk about? Do we leave anything out? Um, oh, wait. I have another AW question in my notes. What's up? Jay White and Juice Robinson, Bullet Club Gold. If they're create, if this is a new Bullet Club faction that exists only in AW, forbidden doors aside, right? Who else is who else is Bullet Club material in AW? Yeah, Ooh, that's a good question. Brian, get in here too. Who are you putting in this group? Are we putting new members or a former member? No, former no, no. All new, I mean, if, if they're if they've been in the past, that's fine. But you don't. Have, I'm just saying, like, you have you can pick anybody from the roster to make a. Let's make a. You know, let's get a tag team in there and maybe like two other singles. Who do you got? Gosh, what a question, <sighs> man. Uh, it's the weird, problem is that, right? is that Jay White's Jay White is so. I mean, dude, I got. I also took a lot of shit last week for saying that he might be a bigger attraction than Kenny Omega. I don't mean now. I mean like down the road. But still, I just think yeah, that he's got uh, all. The- I don't even think down the road that'll happen, dude. He, oh no, he had you the microphone for two seconds the other night, and he's already like more compelling than Kenny Omega has ever been on the mic. I mean, what what Kenny Omega makes. What makes Kenny Omega compelling isn't what he says on the mic, though. You're right. You're right. No, no, no. I, I, I totally agree. But what, may, but, but often what get what takes would elevate somebody to the absolute pinnacle mm-hmm. is character stuff, right? Personality stuff. Kenny Omega does a great job with it. Yeah. He's absolutely what he's the best wrestler alive. Like whatever. Like I'm not, I'm not knocking him on it. I you can know, just. What would be funny? <laughs> CM Punk in the Bullet Club. Now that would oh. be hilarious. <laughs> that would be must see TV right there. Yeah. You know? Like if that's probably a fucking long shot, but I don't know. The Bill Club's such a weird concept in 2023. It's like mm-hmm. who need it's like who needs it more? Like, do you need a leader? No, you got Jay White, or else why would you sign him? And it's like, okay, like any young up and coming dudes, like, okay, like, I don't know, Hook, maybe, but Hook's a loner. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I would uh, say Brian Pillman Jr. Okay, uh, yeah, that because because that gives him the character he's sort of been lacking. You could I've also do a thing. I mean, if, if you if you're not going for the absolute for like our, guys who were already made, you could right. do. You can imagine like the butcher and the blade in there as like the tag team component, and that sort of mm-hmm. like you know helps out with their with the tag division a little bit too. Um, I don't know, man. There's a lot of people that, that could fit in. 
Everybody else has got their own friend group right now, and I guess you could pull it out. We can put we we can put Miro in there. <laughs> Gosh, he's not doing uh, anything what, right what now this year. Yeah, saw saw Miro at WrestleMania weekend. He looked healthy and happy and great. You when saw him coming back home. Yeah, yeah. Saw him at uh saw him at the Tout Hotel uh afterwards, kicking it, heavy. <laughs> looked great too. Like, Good. you know, so well, who at- knows? Who knows when he'll be back? Everybody listening to this, tell us who you think is the best, you know, the best choices for the Bullet Club. You know who the real best choice would be? Who? Brian? <laughs> yeah. No, it's very similar in terms of babyface status. Who? You go heal Orange Cassidy. Oh, oh. that'll be great. Okay, I, I, could, I could dig that. Can you imagine the Bullet Club logo on like a denim colored t-shirt <laughs> or like whatever? I guess it's a white t-shirt, but you know, I mean, you mm. could do a lot of stuff with that. You think he dyes his hair black? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I don't know how far away from the Orange Cassidy character you, you're allowed to go. I mean, yeah. it would even make sense to go, but man. And like, I, you obviously you don't emo. mess with success, but the Bullet Club is such a good rubric for such a good mechanism for like turning just clean baby faces heel. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I think Orange Cassidy's my most my, my favorite out of these out of these picks now. But yeah. I guess you tell us, man. Hit us in the groups and the and the in the, the mentions, man. We'll let you know. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Kaz, you want to get your plugs in on the way out? Yeah, man. Say let's with Kaz, Loki, and Rosie every Monday on my YouTube page, youtube.com slash Kazim. You can catch me on Count It on Points Bet USA on the app and uh socials and everywhere else. Man, uh, playoff season's coming around now, so you can catch me around the garden as well doing some stuff, and uh, that's about it, man. Thank you to our babyface producer, Brian H. Waters, for coming in in Kerm's stead today. Kerm is doing another podcast. Oh, Non-wrestling Kerm. podcast. Boo this, man. <laughs> he might get on you for giving me the babyface name. <laughs> now well, you're a babyface today. <laughs> the, crowds are, the crowd's cheering. Uh, no, I know you're a tweener, but yeah. <laughs> today, today... You're the hero. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, you can find me here and on the press box. So make sure that you listen to all of the amazing content on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. Brian and and uh, Ben and Cal are holding it down on Wednesdays on Wednesday Worldwide. Of course, Cheap Heat, the Masked Man Show. Um, man, this is there's some this is this is a lot of fun. I really appreciate you guys listening. And listen, I appreciate you guys letting me know when I'm really wrong about something. I wasn't wrong about Roman Reigns. <laughs> That dude can't even do a Rana, and you're going to put him as the number one guy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm going to spend the last two minutes of every show just running down Roman Reigns as if I really don't like him. Yeah, Um, that should be a segment. Like the last two minutes of every show, we just say everything that we hate about Roman Reigns. I still can't get over the fact <laughs> just to that bring they, him down to earth a little bit. <laughs> I've, you know, my my longest standing complaint about Roman Reigns is that when he they'll come to the ring in sweatpants for an interview segment and then puts on slacks to wrestle. I just don't understand. <laughs> I understand their tactical pants or whatever, but come on, you can just wear the trainers to the ring. Like, come on, you, you probably you know have a lot more mobility. Anyway, <laughs> maybe you could pull out some flippy shit. Maybe you could figure that stuff out. Maybe you could become more of a well-rounded performer if you did. I'm just kidding. Roman Reigns <laughs> is the greatest. Um, anyway, thank you guys for listening. Uh, apologies as always to John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. <laughs>